0: good evening everyone welcome to another bible study session let us pray our father and our god we thank you we thank you for another time to worship you and to learn from your word as a community as a tribe as your extraordinary disciples we ask that you open the eyes of our hearts today to hear what you're saying to us at this moment father open the eyes of our faith to see that which is eternal so that we may move with a conviction that does not hold on to unbelief even in the face of impossibilities but that our faith becomes empowered by your word and that our faith grows in confidence that we can do all things through christ who gives us strength and that our faith is strengthened by the finished work of the cross, and in knowing that He who started this work in us is faithful to complete it because it has already been completed until the day He returns. Holy Spirit, in this moment, I ask that you give me the tongues of the ready writer and you speak through me today not my words, but your words a word induces it for your children. God, let me teach me what you say and every time i open my mouth to speak today give me a mouth of skillful words and wisdom as i open my mouth it with what i need to do your will and i decree and declare that i become lesser and lesser and christ and his mind is becomes greater and greater and elevated in me i do not speak in my own volition but i speak in authority by the word by the power of the holy spirit and by the lord himself i do not speak on my own terms and conditions lord i thank you we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word, because indeed, the entrance of your word brings light and brings understanding to the symbol. And that is what we're going to get today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So today, we're going to be reading from John 11, verses 38 to 57. So beautiful. Um, but then our last session, we, we studied John 11, 17 to 37. And here's a quick recap. Number one, delay is not denial. Delay is not denial. Delay is a test for us that if we wait right, is meant to give God the utmost glory. So do not get tired of doing good while you're waiting. At the right time, you would harvest a good crop if you don't quit and if you don't give up. Number two, if God is extending your wait, ask for the right perspective while you wait. And remember, God has already made any provision you need f- available to you to keep you, comf- um, to keep you comforted and strong while you wait. There's always provision for the wait. Number three, how we respond to God matters. Um, so as in the case of Mary, we do not delay when he calls for us. We run to him. As in the case of Martha, we do not wait for him to come to us when we hear that he's in our vicinity we run to him. My question is, how bad do you want it? Finally, as extraordinary disciples, God is always calling us higher, constantly setting us apart so that we can access higher levels in him. The higher we go, the better we can see the bigger picture. So let's, let us not get stuck at the level we are at. Let us, let us not get stuck at our our current perspective we want to always ask god and elevate my perspective because there's always more no matter what how far you've gone with god or how far you've come um so jumping right into today's reading i'm going to be reading john chapter 11 verse 38 to 57 and then from there we just go into the word so i'll be reading from the christian standard bible verse 38 then jesus deeply moved again came to the tomb Then KGV says, then Jesus, groaning in his spirit, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Roll away the stone, remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he has been dead four days. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? verse 41. So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. After this, after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. NKJV says, Lazarus, come forth. The dead man came out bound hand and foot with linen strips, with his face wrapped in cloth, Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. Verse 45, therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees conveyed the Sanhedrin and they were saying, what are we going to do since this man is doing many signs? If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Verse 49 One of them, Siaphas, um, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You're not considering that it is to your advantage that one man should die for the people. Rather than the whole nation. Verse 51 says, He did not say this on his own accord, but but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was going to die for the nation, and not only for the nation, not and not for the nation only, but also to unite the scattered children of God. So from that day on, they plotted to kill him. Verse 54. Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but departed from there to the countryside um, near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and he stayed there with the disciples. Now, so verse 55, now the Jewish Passover was near, and many went up to Jerusalem from the country to purify themselves before the Passover. They were looking for Jesus and asking one another as they stood in the temple, what do you think? He won't come to the festival, will he? Would he come? or Would he not come? <laughs> the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should report it so they could arrest him. <clears throat> May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Verse 37. Jesus kept praying in the spirit until he got to the tomb. So this is so profound. And I think it's something that we must adopt. We don't stop praying till we see the physical manifestation of the promise while you are waiting for the promise there will be distractions things will want to wear you out things will want to make you tired things will want to make you give up so you stay prayed up you stay connected to the holy spirit while you wait for the physical manifestation of the promise there were just too many distractions around jesus and he knew he had to stay connected to the spirit so there are situations where we have to go away from the distractions there are situations where you are in the midst of distractions, but you have to tune out because it, it had to, was among the crowd. They were following him in just, you know, that image where, oh, I'm going to do a miracle, I'm going to do a miracle. So they literally follow him, but he's not even concerned about the crowd. He's tuned in. So even in the midst of distraction, this is the strategy to stay connected. You stay tuned in by praying in the spirit, connecting with God. He says, there were too many distractions. He had to stay connected or else, he would open a window for the unbelief around him to seep into his mind. Because remember, from our previous reading, the crowd was just like, "What?" Like they were they were literally doubting. They were the crowd. They were the ones that were weeping and like, "Oh, he's dead! He's dead!" They had no faith. Whatever, right? So he stayed connected so that it doesn't. It, it's, it kept his energy. You know, the energy around him very secure. He guarded his heart. Basically, that's what he did. He guarded his heart. This is why we stay prayed up. So it is not just a cliche or things that we say. It is to keep our minds and our thoughts focused on the higher frequency, focused on God, so that we don't lose focus on the bigger goal, which is the promise. And so Jesus told them to roll the stone away. And I don't wondered, why didn't Jesus use his supernatural powers to roll the stone away? Like, I mean, he could have done that, right? He could have just been like, stone, move, Harry Potter style, right? But the truth is that because working with God is a partnership. There is his part and there is our part. God won't do what you can humanly do. Jesus' part was to raise Lazarus. That was his purpose. That was his goal. So every other thing is peripheral to that main goal, right? So he focused on the part that was humanly impossible. So God shows up in his greatest expression, when he makes the impossible possible, right? When we can't do it ourselves, we don't really see God in it. But when he does something that's like, oh, you're yeah, like, wow, God, that was definitely you. So God partners with us to bring heaven to earth. He walks with us to do his will on earth. Sometimes you are waiting on God to roll the stone, but God is waiting on you to roll the stone because his focus is to raise the dead. So we must. this is why we must know the will of God. God's will was to raise the dead. He wasn't coming to raise this to roll the stone. It was like, I'm coming to raise the dead. That is my purpose in this situation right now, right? So he, his goal is to focus on doing what you cannot do in your own power. That's why the Bible says, not by power, nor by might, but by the spirit of God. And when you begin to walk with God, you begin to walk more by the spirit, meaning that you wouldn't really be able to do any, a lot of things on your own in that sense like the main things the actually things that affect your destiny destiny decisions have God fully involved where you play your part but you allow god to do his part so god is saying roll away the mindset blocking you from receiving that miracle roll away the past blocking you from stepping out of the grave to life when you roll the stone away then he says i can step in and play my part i can raise the dead things in your life to life i can bring you out of that situation revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says behold i stand at the door and i knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and dine with him and he with me so jesus is always standing at the door knocking so there is a call to action here for us he stands and he knocks he stands and he says roll the stone away he won't come in except you invite him. He won't come into that situation until you surrender it to him, until you open the door of your heart, right? So you take that action that is required for God to step into the situation and play part, you know, to do the impossible in your life, right? So but we, we, there's a part that we play, there's a part that God plays. And so my question is, which part of your life is so dead that you need to roll the stone away? Which part of your life is so dead that you need to roll that mindset that has kept you in the grave away? Which part of your life is Jesus knocking the door at? And he's saying, Can I come into this space and do what only I can do? Moving on, we saw Martha started telling Jesus, this situation is really bad. I don't think I don't think you get this. I don't think you you can do anything about this. Like this is so bad. He has been dead for four days. And this is basically how we respond to god most of the time we close the door to the things that are really dead in our lives we tell god you don't know how bad it is it's really bad it stinks i don't want to deal with it i don't want others to smell the stench to see the to see how bad the situation is opening the door for you to come into my situation it's kind of embarrassing like running the stone will expose how deep the wound is I don't want others to see me in my grave clothes or in my dead state. I don't want to be that vulnerable. So we come up with a list of excuses and Jesus is like, roll the stone, (laughs) roll the stone away. Life has come to you. I mean, he was so assertive. He's like, roll the stone away. James chapter five, verse 16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. When we are open and vulnerable to others, to people with their to people with the ability to speak life into us, the Bible says you will be healed. It's not just about sin; it's about these things like my, you know, mind things that like mindset, thoughts that come into our mind, and when they sit in, they become sin because they eventually make us act outside of the the Christ nature. So when you have a negative thought, what eventually happens? That it makes you act out of character, which is acting outside of God's character. So that's what sin is. Not when we think about sin, we are thinking like, "Oh my God, they killed." Oh my God, they had sex. Oh my God, they're drinking. <laughs> no, literally, like negative thoughts yield sin, right? And so he's they say when we when we when we are having when we're in these situations, we, it's good to speak to one another because the Bible says you will be healed. The healing comes from when you point out. And then when the person now speaks, you pour out the dead, the person speaks life into you. This is what the enemy wants to prevent us from doing. So let's stay, Let's not be unaware of the devices of the enemy when it comes to these areas of our lives. Verse 40 to 44, um, it says, Jesus had to Jesus had to basically call Martha back to her senses. He said, I told you earlier that your brother would leave. And I asked if you believed and you said, yes so trust that, trust God, trust his word, (laughs) the promise is the promise, Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man, so he does not lie, he is not human, so he does not change his mind, has he ever spoken and failed to act, has he ever promised and not carried it through, basically, it was at that point where he was so sure, Jesus was so sure in his spirit that He didn't need any unbelief to enter the situation. So sometimes we need that stern talk from God. And God is saying, do you trust me or not? Do you trust my word or not? I said the promise is the promise. Did I not tell you that if you believe me, you would see the glory of God? So what is it that you're believing God for? And I'm saying the same thing to you today. This is the word of the Lord to you now. Did I not say to you, that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. And my charge and my word to you is just believe, trust, do not be weary in doing good, in doing what God has called you to do while you wait for the physical manifestation and you see the promise fulfilled. And so they rolled the stone away. Jesus indirectly had to wait for Martha to permit the stones to be rolled away because when he said they should roll the stone away, she said, the situation is so bad. Like basically like, guy, oh, I don't get it. It's so bad. So it wasn't until Martha agreed with him that they rolled the stone away until she kind of was like, okay, fine, right? So when Jesus said, didn't I tell you, it was him calling her attention to the fact that, do you want to see this miracle or not? are you going to surrender to me? Are you going to let me handle this or not? And so then they rolled the stone away. And so a lesson for us here is this, just because Jesus is there and he can do it does not mean it will happen. If in our heart and in what we're thinking, we prevent him from doing the miracle we seek. Because remember, it is what we believe that we manifest right and so if we if we believe if we're not believing if we're believing unbelief then we jesus can't step into that situation because it's according to your faith and according to what you believe that it will be done unto you so in that moment if they wanted healing they needed to be Martha needed to believe that god could actually do that healing so we have to let go and let god do his work we have to roll the stone away remove all the obstacles blocking us from preventing god's miracle and him getting the glory And then Jesus thanked God because it had already been done, but he had to publicly cry out to God so that the people would see and believe him, right? So, and we know from previous reading that Jesus had already spent two days praying about this with God. So he knew the matter was already settled, but he had to make it public so that people would also believe. And this is why sometimes men and women of God, like in the world like that we live in, like they do certain things just so that we can believe. Sometimes God will have to almost prove himself to us. Like, okay, I just want you to know that I'm God. So let me make it so obvious. <laughs> he does that sometimes because a lot of times we don't really believe it's just part of our human nature but as I said God is always calling us higher to be he said blessed are those who do not see but believe that is the highest highest way of belief which is also why entrepreneurship is kind of one of the best way God entrepreneurship is so interesting because as an entrepreneur you are literally believing what you don't see <laughs> you are believing a vision that you don't see or you're starting out to your business or you're venturing into a vision that you've never been into That is the highest form of that scripture where it says, blessed are those who do not see but believe. You literally just, you just believe a vision. (laughs) That's what you are seeing, but you are not seeing it physically, right? That's why business partnering with God at the level of vision is so key because it calls us higher to believe what we haven't seen. And that is what faith is all about. And so Jesus cried out and called forth Lazarus. Jesus called out to Lazarus and told him, he said, come forth jesus called his spirit forth he summoned his spirit from the spirit realm to come back into his body jesus put life back into lazarus jesus didn't even enter the grave he didn't because it wasn't his time for him to enter a grave so he couldn't step into that grave it wouldn't have been premature of him last session i said god calls us god calls us out of the pit and pulls us out of the pit but he doesn't come into the pit with us He can't come into a pit because he's seated in heavenly places. He is above the pit and the grave realm. And Jesus did not step into the grave in this story because it was only to step into a grave once. And that one time was just to save humanity because it was not not as a normal way of life. So when he comes to the grave, Jesus doesn't step in. He calls forth, which is why when you're in a dark place, it, the responsibility is on you to come forth. So somebody might roll the stone away, but it is your responsibility to come out of the grave. When it comes to a door that is being opened, as in Revelations 3.20, it is a door into your heart. So the door, the door into a grave and a door into a, a house, they are completely different things, right? So when in Revelations 3.20, it is God opening, saying, I want to come into your heart you know, when you're inviting in. So your heart and the grave are two different things. So two different concepts in knowing how to, how we respond to God in situations. When you're in a place of dark, when you feel down, when you're in a so you are down. What God does is he, take, he calls somebody to roll the stone away. So this is why we, this is why James 5, 16 says, call one another, pray for one another. That is literally the stone being rolled away then it's now your responsibility to to step out of that grave. How? Through worship, through prayer, changing your environment, do something fun, whatever you need to do to come out and step into that new light that has been opened to you. So Lazarus came out of the grave, still in grave clothes. This is so key. When Jesus calls you out, it is your responsibility to come out, as I said. Can you imagine if Jesus was calling Lazarus and he didn't come out because he was expecting Jesus to come in? He would have still been alive, but he would have been in the grave. (laughs) After the stone has been rolled away, you must come outside of the grave. It is your responsibility to come out. If the situation is so dead, God will use somebody to roll the stone away. But he expects you to take responsibility and come out. You don't want to be alive and still remain in the grave. You don't want to be stuck in the darkness of the grave and still bound in grave clothes. You are now a new creation. But before you fully manifest into your new creation identity, you must step out of the grave. And not just that, you must remove your grave clothes. Many people are alive but are still in the grave. Many people are walking in the dark light of the grave and are still bound to the grave clothes. Because they are alive but they think they are okay. Many people have even come out of the grave but they are, they are still wearing the grave clothes. They have not come out into their new creation. The grave clothes must be removed. Jesus said, remove him, let him loose. We see that in verse 44 to 45. He said, lose him and let him go. You come out of the grave with the grave clothes, but you don't step into light then. It must be dropped off. Come up higher, right? Revelations 4, 1b says, come up hither, come up higher. And I will show you things which must take place after this. When you come out into light, it's like you're coming up higher. When God says, I will show you things that must take place after this, it is you removing the grave clothes and literally stepping into new light, opening your heart up and saying, God, I want to see what is next. I want to take off these clothes and step into this new version of me. I want to take off this clothes and step into this new identity. I want to take off this grave clothes and step into the new opportunities, the new possibilities that you're calling me to. Come out and lose the grave clothes, lose the chains that have held you bound. Come out of darkness, come into the light. Who the Son sets free. He is free indeed. And I say, Today is the day of your freedom and your salvation. Second Corinthians chapter two, verse chapter six, verse two says. For he says, and this is the Lord, "'In an acceptable time, I have heard you, "'and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. "'Behold, now is the accepted time. "'Now is your time to be favored. "'Behold, now is the day of salvation.'" And I decree and declare, today is the day you walk out of the grave and drop the weight. Today is the day that you drop the grave clothes and the shackles that have held you bound. Today is the day that you are set free from mindset, from habits, from patterns that keep you in the perpetual state of darkness and the lack of willpower that doesn't want you to come out and become who God has called you to be. Today is the day that the stone is rolled away and you step fully into your freedom that Christ Jesus paid for on the cross of Calvary. I say, come forth, rise and walk out and drop the grave clothes by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus asked them to let him loose and let him go. Jesus made them do this so they could clearly see that he didn't need to touch him or come out of the grave. He said, see, like, you know, they, because they didn't the whole point of the miracle was for them to believe. So he didn't want to interfere with it, right? So that it would be like, look, this is all good. Because you know, human. once humanity would be like, but somebody touched this, somebody did that. You know how we're always so calculated, right? He said, he even made them, he made him come out in his grave clothes. He's like, come out the way you are, right? So that there will be no question, no question asked. Right? So he had to get that granular in his miracle so that people could really, really believe. Sometimes you can see how God gets really granular because it's like, no man can take, whenever God wants to take utmost glory, he will make sure that no hand of man is involved. (laughs) Well, he will make sure that, not no hand of man, he'll make sure that he does it in a way that you cannot not say it was not God that did it. You play your part. It plays his part. But there's no situation where you're confused, like, oh, my god, is this God, or was it just nature or the universe? You know how we like to get, like, all analytical, right? So two things were happening simultaneously here lazarus was being raised from the dead and god's glory was being shown in a dimension that had never been been seen before right this dimension of god's glory will cause some of the people to believe in jesus and in god um and the thing that god is about to do in your life i told you is going to be so big that it will cost men to believe in the god that you serve no longer will they say where is your god but they will say show me your god You will be the sign and the wonder. And you will not just do signs and wonders, but you, your life, your life, your story will be the sign and the wonder. One thing to note is that the death situation will stand up to you in the face. It will confront you because you have to unpack it. You have to remove the grave clothes. You have to remove the things that have held you bound. You need to let go of the mindset. You need to let go of the things that have held you bound in the grave so that you can come into new life. The truth is the new version of you is inside the old version of you that is laying dead in the grave. And in order for that new version to emerge, you must step out of the grave and drop the weight. You must drop the mind, the limiting mindset. You must drop the stronghold, the things that have held you bound in the grave. Hebrews chapter 12 verses one to two says, therefore, We also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What I'm saying is, We must begin to take actions like walking out of the grave. We must begin to take actions like doing the things the Holy Spirit tells us to do to get out of that state of, you know, dead mentality, grave mentality, slave mentality. Whatever that situation is, to change our state, we have to play our parts by dropping the grave clothes and letting go of the things that have held us bound in the grave so that the new us, the new version of you emerges. Moving on to verse 45 to 48, we see that so many of the people who saw this, they believed in Jesus. They were like, wow, this is amazing. Wow. Never seen this before. Wow. Somebody dead for four days. Wow. Like he actually walked out. Wow. (laughs) Others went to report to the Pharisees. (laughs) When I saw this, I was like, "Uh, this is the one, this is you. This is literally the world. Like, guys, the world hasn't changed. This is, whenever I read stories in the Bible, I'm like, we are literally like repeating. Like, there's really nothing new under the crowd. Some believed, some went to report. Sounds familiar. Not everyone will support you This is the moral of the story. It is so important for us to know this because it frees us from a lot of unnecessary emotional hurt and heart wounds. Some people will celebrate you, others will bring you down, even though everyone is watching and experiencing the same energy you're giving out. Jesus did one miracle, but different groups decided what they wanted. Some believed, some reported. But the reality is that this is life, because without evil, there won't be good. Without heads, there won't be tails. Without negative, there won't be positive. It's just what it is, right? So when the Pharisees heard, they were convinced that this man is not an ordinary man. They knew that he was different. So that's the truth. The truth is that people will know that you are different. People will know that you are extraordinary. People will know that you are a genius. People will know that you are called. People will know that you are chosen. People will know that you are great. People will know that you are the man for the job. People will know that you are the woman for the job. People will know, they will know. And they will know that people will believe you, that you will have influence, you would raise a crowd, you will make impact. Right? But they were the Pharisees Were so concerned about their land. They're so concerned about securing their territory, their nations, and everything in it, right? They were concerned that ugh, another government, that the Romans, would take their land, because and so because of this, they were like, "We need to stop him ASAP," right? They were focused on their immediate needs, which rightfully so. Hey, I got it, but they weren't looking at the bigger picture. They were more focused on securing themselves than the truth. They were more focused on being in power than for the lives of the people that were to be saved and transformed. They were more focused on their bottom line. They were more focused on they, me, 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 me. They weren't looking at the collective, the whole. We, what God was going to do, how the lives, how people were going to be saved to come to God, how God is going to save humanity. They weren't looking at that. They didn't even see it. So it's not even their fault. They couldn't see, right? And that's what I'm saying. This is the world that we live in today. They didn't want Jesus to take over their place and their nations. They wanted to be the limelight. But the reality is that Jesus wasn't even trying to take their positions of authority because God always partners with us to do his work. That's what I started with. He always partners with us. So once we understand this paradigm, working with God is a bit different. He's not trying to take over. He's in his all-knowing. So what he does is he's trying to help us on our journey. There's already a script that has been written. He's trying to tell you that I've written your entire life from beginning to the end. I have the script. Now I want you to, now I'm going to lead you to walk that script out. There's a blueprint for your life. Everything you're going to do, God is now going to lead you into it. So God always partners with us because He's the king of kings. Who is he king to you that you are a king? Who is he lord to you that you are a lord? He's the king of kings, He's the king. lord of lords, meaning that you ha- you are kings and you are a king and a lord in your own right. However, we are subject to his higher authority, right? So why would he take your king? You are a king in your own right. So people feel like God is trying to take stuff away from them. He's not. It he belongs to you. It <laughs> belongs to you. He has given the earth to men to men he has given the earth to men and he partners with us to be able to bring earth into what god has actually what god originally intended that's this whole point of humanity is that god has a grand a master plan and he has put humans to bring this well like his architects or like his creators the art to bring it to life that's what it's about second Timothy chapter two verse four says no one is engaged in the war no one engaged in warfare no soldier entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier that's what Jesus was doing here Jesus was like I'm not really concerned about Roman Empire <laughs> your ter- your temple your this thing he's like Jesus was so focused on the goal in this case I was like I need to I need to release Lazarus from the dead there's a purpose in that I need to die on the cross there's a purpose in that purpose driven that's it purpose driven He was not trying to do petty things like take over their land just to take over it the way they thought about it, right? There was a goal, there was a bigger picture. This is why, you know, we must always see the bigger picture of what God is doing, must always come up higher. It is also important to note that the fight against Jesus was a power struggle. They were trying to protect their jurisdiction and authority within it. So it wasn't much about the person doing it but about what he was doing. So it wasn't necessarily about Jesus. It could have been somebody else with another name. Because But what, what it was about what Jesus was doing, the impact. Jesus was shaking things up that would affect the way they operate. It was going to change their paradigm. It was going to shift their status quo. It was going to make them feel uncomfortable. So it is important to keep this in mind as you do the work of God. It is not usually about you especially when it comes to bringing change to his particular space or his field or his sphere of influence it is about the impact of the work that you will do it is about the fight is usually about the impact it's usually about the transformation that you will bring right so it's not necessarily you because you are just the vessel it is about the work that is being done this having this perspective Allows us to know, gives us a different kind of str- strategy to execute. You know, to plan and how to plan and better execute our strategies, right? Um, but I'll also state that when it comes to people being jealous of, you know, because you know people are always jealous of people and all that. That is also not directly about you too. For in that in those situations, it's always more about the person feeling like, why can't that be me doing that thing, right? So just just another perspective on how. Sometimes this thing was like they're not really jealous of you. It comes off like that, but they are just like that. Could have been me. <laughs> I think that just helped that frees us from a lot of things, you know, just carrying an unnecessary weight, and it allows us to guard our heart when we see from those perspectives. Um, moving on to verse 49 to 52. Um, then that Sire fast I did I should have looked up how to pronounce any name. Sire fast, the high priest spoke. And when he spoke, it was actually prophesying and it was indirectly planting a seed in the heart of the Jewish leaders that he said, it's better for Jesus to die than for the whole nation to die. Because, you know, they were contemplating like, oh, maybe their nation was going to go down, the Romans were going to take over. So they're like, you know what, let's just find a cooperate, whatever. So this sounds, it sounds like a bad thing to say but this was God setting up the stage for Jesus to die for the entire world so that all the children of God scattered across the world can be united. And so that we can be here today doing what we're doing. We can be here today live a life of freedom, even in a dark world. We can be here today to be light, even in a dark world. So that one statement changed the course of history, right? That the high priest spoke. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21 says, there are many plans in a, in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel that will stand. God will do anything. I'm telling you, anything to get his purposes done. Even if to us, it might seem that the method is crazy, such as in this case. Can you imagine, like, God is trying to get his purpose done. He now made a man tell people to, to kill Jesus. Rather than, like, okay, choose Jesus to die. Rather than. Like, it just sounds a bit off. Like, why would God do that But God's purpose must be done, so sometimes we get, kind of get confused, like ah, why would God do that? That's so mean, but hey, when it comes to God's fulfilling his purpose, God can't do anything, Oh, you know? <laughs> This is the part of God that a lot of people don't know or have come to terms with, is that He anything to get his master plan in place, his master plan must always stand. Jesus had to die. It, it didn't matter how. He had to die, and he had to die particular way, a specific time, a specific thing. Even if it meant for somebody, like a high priest, imagine a high priest. Just, guys, think about this. The high priest of it is saying, kill Jesus. Jesus is, (laughs) this is so funny. The Holy Spirit just gives me, it's like, he used a prophet to to say, let them kill Jesus. You would think, think that God cannot do that. God is not that mean, but his purpose must stand. This is the part of God that a lot of people don't comes to terms, but there's a part of God that when it comes to His master plan, He would do anything. Like Pharaoh, He hardened his heart, <laughs> He really it hard so that He could do His will. It's just what it's just how God operates sometimes when it comes to His master plan. But we know that His master plan was for a good reason, right? So, one thing to notice that whatever God does, even though it sounds drastic, is always for a. There's always a bigger picture in mind. There's always a bigger picture. And so, moving on to verse fifty-three. Once that seed was planted, once that prophecy was spoken, from that time the Jewish leaders began to plot Jesus's death. Like this, he just planted that seed, and they was just leave. from then on. It was like boom. At this point, Jesus knew that his timing was drawing near. Right, that was kind of like his sign. That was his sign. Like, okay, time is time is coming. Right. So he stopped his public ministry. He so he didn't walk. Openly amongst the Jews. Instead, he went to Ephraim, he's sitting near the wilderness with his disciples. So Jesus understood the importance of the wilderness experience. He understood that the wilderness is where you go to get away from the chaos of the world and to regain energy from God. You know, he was going into a season where he knew that I need to get away, I need to be refreshed, I need to retreat, I need to recharge. The wilderness is where you go for sober reflection. The wilderness is where you lay low in private and get downloads from God. The wilderness is where you get strategy from God. The wilderness is where you regain strength for the journey. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a year. It can be a day. It can be a week. It can be an hour. It's just a time where God is setting you apart from distractions completely. It is where you are renewed. For some people, it's a prolonged season. It just depends on what God is doing. It is where you are renewed. In this case, Jesus went there with his disciples. He didn't take the crowd with him. This also shows the importance of a leader and their team team going on retreats, getting away from the crowd. Lay low if needed. In the wilderness, things are private. It is where you avoid distractions and focus on God. And I can imagine that during this time, Jesus was able to pour into his disciples. Again, this is where as a leader, you can get to pour into your team. Jesus was very discerning and sensitive to timing. This is another thing that we must, another attribute that we must have as disciples, especially extraordinary disciples. You must be sensitive, Mm, okay? You must be sensitive to the timing. He didn't want any distractions. He knew the end was near. He knew that the promise was close. So he cut out all distractions. If he was in the city of Jerusalem, he would have spent his entire time dodging people. He would have been distracted. So he went to a quiet place, right? He didn't stay where the crowd was. He went away. So two things to note here. Number one. Change your perspective about the wilderness season it's not a bad place it's not all that bad it's, it's perspective matters a lot. it is a place to grow in stature and in wisdom. Number two it is on us to discern when you need to when we need to get away from distractions and go into a season of quiet and focus and waiting on God. So my question to you and to me is what distractions do you need to remove in your life is it work? Is it friends? Is it social media? Is it idle time? Is it shopping? Is it cooking? Whatever distraction is, whatever is distracting you from taking time to be still and to connect with God so that you can advance stronger into the fulfillment of your purpose, cut it out. So Jesus knew his time was near. And so he went to the wilderness to re-energize his spirit for what was coming to him. Right, you need to be endured with power, you need staying power, you need mental power, you need strength to be able to go through the next season of your life. He strategically went because he knew the Passover was coming and he needed a hundred percent. He needed he needed to be recharged, basically. Right, and to get ready for what was what God had ready for him. And so moving on finally to verse fifty-five and 57. We see that the people were wondering if Jesus would come for the Passover. Would he come, would he not come? I mean, the man was smart. He understood and He was like, no, I'm not gonna be there. I'm not gonna be there. <laughs> to be honest, people will always anticipate your move when you move in silence. I've said this a few times. Sometimes it is best to move in silence, especially when it comes to matters of divine destiny and purpose. When you know that you are in a critical season of your life, when you are literally about to step into a next level, move in silence, not in silence outside of the right people, because Jesus went with his disciples. So it's not like cut everybody off, be alone. I know the enemy is going to pounce on you. But you don't move with the crowd. You don't tell the crowd everything. You don't, There are certain people that you've identified that God has said, okay, in this season of your life, these are the people that you should be close to. Keep them closer as you go into that season of your life so that you can come out stronger. Um, at this time, there was also a warrant for Jesus' arrest. So basically, the lesson here in this ending part, um, portion of the passage is that you have to be aware of your times and seasons And to know exactly what God wants you to do in each time and each season, it's so important because this is how we're able to align with God and his work. This is what righteousness is about. Righteousness is not just like, oh, I'm a good person, whatever. It is aligning. It's righteousness like being in right standing, being in right alignment with what God is doing in that season, in that time and in your life. That's what righteousness is about um and so this is what jesus did here he was aware that his time was near and he was aware of his environment so he went to Lelo. the passover was near and he knew that this event attracted a lot of people into town even though it was a big event it was where they're going to be purified like you know it's like wow ah that's every month night video that's the whole nation is going to Ah, Libara, ah, what dear, what de? He didn't go. <laughs> this, despite the fact that everyone was going and it was the right thing to do based on tradition, based on what was, you know, it was it's like going to like every, you know how they do maybe New Year's service every year, it's like missing that. Do you get that kind of thing? Like, wow, oh my God. Like, he didn't go. And this is why we can't be too religious or move in emotions. If God is saying, le lo, le lo, be sp- always be spirit-led, he didn't go. If he went, he's it. We, we might not be here today. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is don't put yourself in unnecessary danger in an ambush when your time hasn't come or when you don't have the authority to handle that situation in your favor. So Jesus had to go to the wilderness to gain. Whenever you go to the wilderness and you wait on God, you are literally gaining strength. Just imagine yourself every time you spend time waiting on God. Always picture yourself like an eagle, getting stronger, getting stronger, getting stronger. That's the image that is coming to me. Whenever you're waiting on God, just picture yourself like an eagle. You're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. You can fly to different heights. You can fly from here to Australia. You can fly from here to Antarctica. You can fly from here to Africa. You're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. And he says, go back. Jesus went back to the presence of God to regain strength and wisdom for the road ahead. And this is why we go to this season of, we go to a wilderness moment where we just focus on God. You retreat, you retreat to advance against your enemies when it comes to the fulfillment of your, dest- of your purpose. When you want to advance, move with speed and power, you retreat to advance against your enemies when it comes to the fulfillment of your purpose. May the Lord bless the reading of his word amen 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 before i go into any questions and thoughts let me go through the summary then we do q and a and then we pray and then we take our going away song um and we're done um number one remember working with god is a partnership there's a part that god plays there's a part that we play number two the promise is a promise always trust that don't let the enemy tell you That is not the promise. going to take it away. No, trust God, trust his word. If he has given you a word, if he has given you the promise, the promise is a promise. Number three, the new version of you is inside the old version of you that is laying dead in a grave. And in order for that new version to emerge, you must step out of the grave and drop the weight. You must drop the old mindsets, the strongholds, the things that have held you bound. Anything that's associated with a past life, a past must be dropped. Like that, The thing that didn't serve, basically, what is not going to serve you in the next version of you that you're going to must be dropped so that you can fully emerge into that new version of you. Um, number four, you have to be aware of the times and seasons and to know exactly what God wants you to do in each time and season. It is our responsibility to discern when we need to get away from distractions and to go into a season of quiet and focus and waited on god and this is what the wilderness experience is all about finally sometimes you retreat to advance against your enemies when it comes to the fulfillment of your purpose more often than not there's always a resistance when you're about to step and break into a purpose lane so we God will call us to retreats and then boom like i said a catapult you retreat right catapult you pull back boom he launches you out they never expected it it <laughs> launches you out and boom you are gone you're gone i see that i see that i see it and i see project i hear projectile see the catapult boom it launches your projector you're gone <laughs> you're gone holy spirit we thank you we thank you for another time to worship and be in your presence thank you for another time to learn from you lord jesus from your word we just want to say thank you lord we ask that you come into our hearts today that you find our heart a home that you can dwell and dine in sit with us commune with us come into union with us lord we are open we are open to you and all of you lord we surrender to you and we open the door of our heart and our lives to you today come again come inside come into our hearts today we are ready for what you have ready for us Lord, we decree and declare that we come up higher. Today we are praying in agreement because there's power in agreement. There's power, power of two, power in agreement. So Lord, we decree and declare that we come up higher. We come up into higher and deeper realms in you. Open our eyes to see you and to see what must take place after this. Open our eyes to see you and to see what must take place after this. Guide and direct our steps. Lead us into the now. Lead us into the new. And lead us into the next. That you're in you and what you have for us. God, you are not a man that should lie. Neither are you a man that changes your mind about the promise, about the blessing, about your word. You don't change in principle. your methods may vary there's no word that you've spoken that has fallen to the ground that hasn't been fulfilled everything you have spoken always comes to pass so lord we trust you we say we trust you we trust you in the good times we trust you in the not so good times we believe in you and we believe in your word we know that the promise will happen and we ask you holy spirit to help us posture our heart right and to stay focused on you oh lord in the name of jesus today we lord we lay aside every weight every burden every pain every hurt every shame kaliba every hurt every pain every shame every sin every negative thoughts every negative emotions that easily ensnares us we lay aside the distractions. We take off our grave clothes. We release ourselves off any chain that is holding us bound. Today, Holy Spirit, we ask that you help us run with focus and with endurance and with discipline and with tunnel vision the race that you have set before us as we stay focused on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Mm-hmm. The one who started and finished our faith story. The one who has completed the story of our lives even before we started it. The one who has written our story in history. The one who has written our story in his story. And we and we now have to work it out in faith. Our Lord, who is seated at the right hand of God, we honor you. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you for you to help us to run our race well and to finish well. I decree and declare over you that you will finish well. I decree and declare over you that you will finish well. You will run your race well and you will finish well. Every resource in heaven that is required for you to finish your race well, the Lord Almighty will supply according to his riches in glory in the name of Jesus. And I declare that today is your day of salvation. Today is the day that the Lord Almighty is saving you from the from the past of the prison, from the grave clothes, from the mindsets that have held you bound. And I today is the day that you come forth and step into new light. Arise and shine. I decree and declare. I Arise and shine for your light has come. I release a new level of light over you. I release a new level of light over you burst forth out of these vessels, out of every voice hearing my voice today, I release the light to burst forth out of you at a higher dimension. I declare, let there be light in your life. Arise and shine, for today is the day of your salvation, and when the Son sets free, he is free indeed. In the name of Jesus, I declare and declare that you will have You'll be, you'll be discerning. You'll be sensitive. I release the anointing of the sons of Issachar upon you, where you will understand your times and you would know what to do. You will not just understand the times and seasons, but you know what to do. And because you know what to do, men will begin to come to you for help because you have advanced advantage. <laughs> you have a comparative advantage because you always know what to do. So men will come to you. I decree that you influence is increased. I decree that your impact is increased. I decree that your income is increased. I call you forth into a new season of increase in your influence, in your impact and in your income, that whatever God has called you to do, the Lord Almighty would increase your influence. He would increase your Impact and it will increase your income in the name of Jesus. Lord, it am a fresh anointing, an outpouring of the son, the anointing of the sons of Issachar. I release it upon your children in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to stay focused on you. And that we are not distracted by the affairs of this life, the things happening around us. We're not distracted by whatever is going on in the news, whatever is is even going inside of us, whatever is going on around our family, you know, businesses, our career, but we stay focused on you we stay focused on you who has enlisted us in this army for this journey. You have called us forth as an army, the Johan II army, for such a time as this. You have called us forth. You have called us forth as an army. And I decree and declare that we are fully kitted with the armor of God, and we are not unaware of the devices of the enemy. We are sober, we are alert, we are vigilant, we are clear-minded, we are discerning, and we are sensitive. I declare upon you and everyone listening to this that we put on the belt of truth, we put on the breast breastplate of righteousness we put on the shoes of the gospel gospel of peace we put on the shield of faith we put on the helmet of salvation and we we war with the sword of the spirit we war with the sword of the spirit (laughs) we war with the sword of the spirit in the name of jesus and lord i decree and declare i decree and declare over this over our lives and that only your counsel will stand Only your counsel will stand. We give you full authority over our lives and every aspect of it. And we ask that you perfect your will in our lives. Let your will be done. Everything that concerns you will be perfected. Everything that concerns you will be perfected. Because the Lord Almighty is perfect in all his ways. The Lord Almighty is a good father and He is perfect in all his ways. And his, perfect, his gifts and his things do not add sorrow. And everything concerning you will be perfected. Because this is who God is. He is perfect in all his ways. He doesn't do things that do, that that are not perfect. So, Lord, we thank you. And I declare that every word that I've spoken in prayer will not fall to the ground. It will not delay and it will accomplish that which has been sent to do by the power of God and the immutability of his word. I envelope these prayers in the immunity protection that is the blood of Jesus. And I decree and declare that these prayers are signed, they are sealed, and they are delivered unto victory in the mighty, and the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to today's session. I hope you were blessed. I trust you were. Don't forget to invite your friends to the sessions or get them to sign up to receive our daily prayers and to get access to the bi-weekly Bible study session. The link is in the bio. See you next time. Ciao.